to say yes sir and then the bible goes on to say eh hey, hey, if you are obedient you are calling the bible alaba shake bredo sokono hey hallelujah ah no let's do this thing give me first peter chapter 3 i feel the anointing to teach this thing the light if the light goes on it's not enough it's not enough for the light to go on the bible says the light shines No, my life will not just go on. It's not enough that you cleared. You have to be excellent. Your life, no, 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 it's, it's not enough that you still be so. And he has put all things under his sight, under his sight, at arm's length. Where has he put them? Somebody shout, it's under my feet. so grateful for an opportunity to learn and to undergo this amazing life-changing eternal experience by the power of the spirit of the living god we pray in the name of jesus that let every heart be changed and let every mind be transformed in jesus mighty name we pray amen mm. these days i stop begging people remember that person who said i don't beg anyone i don't even beg I don't even beg my nose. If it's not breathing, I use my mouth. <laughs> so, I'm not begging today. You refuse to sing, we proceed. <laughs> ah, praise God. Anyways, so the way the way that we do the way that we do our baptism classes is like this. You come, I take you through a class, then you get baptized. Many churches do it differently, but it depends on their belief and the system of the church. So for me number 1 is belief because we baptize because the scripture says so and there are things that the Bible talk about that make us do what we do, okay? But other people also let's say it's a way of getting someone into the congregation, into the ministry. But we we do not do that here. Mm. When a person when a person comes We take them through foundation classes. How many have been through foundation classes? We take them through foundation classes. I said who has been through foundation classes? You you didn't pass. So we take them through foundation classes. No 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 no. Discipleship classes. How many have been through discipleship classes? Oh yeah yeah. Oh many of you have not been through foundation classes. So so there's discipleship classes. Discipleship classes we just focus on the word of God. and uh, the the basic teachings but then for foundation classes that's when we introduce you to the system of the church because there is the there's the word of god itself which we've been teaching you in the discipleship classes righteousness what it means to have a church those things are things that are in the word of god but then the system of the church is like we tell you things about um the departments that are in a church um how to give your partnerships and your tithes your rights as a member of your ch- of the church your responsibilities as a member of the church so that's the one we said would do it over a bribe but many of you have not taken it seriously so you need that um it's also it's very important okay now 
for discipleship classes, I just also focus on your life as a Christian and why discipleship, uh, why uh, baptism is important for you as a person. Hallelujah. Now, there are things that um, there are things that mean something. Okay, there are things that mean something and they carry a message. And they attract consequences, generally in life and also in the Word of God. Um, for example, there are people who, uh, when I was growing up, back in the day in the village, you, you find Tungkungulumes stay together, those are like bachelors. So they stay together and they've got a lot of friends, but they are broke, it's like the 15th. So they don't want to eat with their friends, they drank with them. But they don't want to eat with the friends. So what they would do is, they would tell them that uh, they would tell them that they are welcome. But then there's a kanshima inside. There's a meal. So they already communicated the two of them who stayed together. When I just clap what like this, then you should know that you have to go eat inside. So other people may not know what it means, but the guy will just come out. And the friend would rush inside. <laughs> and when he would come back, it would be his turn. So that he would be like keeping company for the friends. So when he would come out after he's done, he would also do it for his friend. Then he would know it's his turn. And that's how, you see, it's meaning. Things that mean things. When I was very young, my, 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 my brother did this to me. <laughs> now where I grew up, that was an insult. So I was like, I'm going to tell mommy about it. So when I rushed inside the house to tell mommy, mommy, job antuka. How did he do it? I was even feeling afraid. I was like, this is an insult. Because where I grew up, it was an insult. So I told mommy. <laughs> then mommy said, actually, I can So it may mean something. It's, it's so in the Bible, there are things that mean something. Now, I may have reacted and even beaten Joab at the point, but I wanted to reserve the beating for mommy. You know? In public, eh? What do we do? So even in the Bible, there are things that mean things. And those things carry consequences. And you must know the importance of things that mean things. For example... When you are giving your offering, what does it mean to God that you actually stretched your, out your hand and you did that? There are things which mean things and we just don't do them. Things we do in church carry a revelation, a meaning. Why do we respond? Why do we shout hallelujah? You know, those things carry a meaning. So it's the same thing with baptism. Now, as at the time that, that John the Baptist was baptizing... It was not the first time the baptism was happening. It was not new. It was not a fresh revelation to the Jews. So the proselytes, that's to mean the people who were non-Jewish, who were considered Gentile. By the way, as long as you are not a Jew, you are a Gentile. So all of us who were non-Jews or non-Jewish, who wanted to become Jews or who believed in the Jewish God, normally the priests would baptize them. So it was a baptism that was a purification. So they will be purified from their sin and they will be considered as part of the Jewish nation. So the baptism was not really new. But it was not for the Jew. It was the, for the person who was converting to become a Jew. However, John came with a new teaching and he believed all of you, you are sinners, come on, you need to be baptized. You know, John was not the, 
necessarily the kindest man. Because he would tell them, That means you brood of vipers. Who told you that you're going to be preserved from the punishment which is coming? Come and come. So he was that kind of a person who said, Every person needs to be baptized. Because every person needs to repent. Because everybody is a sinner. So don't say that just because you are Jews you don't need to repent. You all need to repent. So him, he was insisting that everybody needs to be to, to, to repent. This is why he called his baptism, even when you read the Bible, it was a baptism unto repentance. So the, the baptism of John was also a baptism unto repentance. But one would ask, why was Jesus Christ baptized? Why then was Jesus Christ baptized? It's, a, it's an interesting question. When Jesus Christ was being baptized, what he said was, in order that we fulfill all righteousness. Okay, let's Let's begin to read Matthew, the book of Matthew, chapter number three. Hale bronze leki de brande leki to bronze de bregedesh. Matthew chapter number 3, I'll begin from verse 1. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he who was spoken by the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of the one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord. Make his... How did John know that this is exactly I'm the guy Isaiah was talking about? Because the book of Isaiah was written 800 years before John was born. But how do you find yourself and know that you are the one up and down the Bible? It's interesting. I'll tell you about that later. Okay. Now, John himself was clothed in, cam clothed in camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist and his food was locust and wild honey. Why? Okay, let's go on. Then Jerusalem... All Judea and all the region uh, around Jordan went out to him. Wow. And were baptized by him, confessing their sins. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his baptism, he said to them, Brood of vipers, who warned you to flee? Who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Therefore bear fruits worthy of, of repentance. And do not think to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. For I said to you that God is able to raise up children to Abraham from these stones. So they thought because they, they were children of Abraham or their descendants of Abraham, they don't need any of this stuff. Then they will just enter heaven. But he was trying to tell them something, that from these sinners, God can raise up children from Abraham. Which is, ah, John was so prophetic. Which was the same language which Jesus Christ was speaking. Remember, he said, if you refuse these people from worshipping, God will raise stones. So he was trying to tell them that God is about to raise people who will be children of Abraham, but they were not initially children of Abraham. They will be incorporated into the covenant. Remember that day uh, when, uh, when this, 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 this man had a lot of faith that he believed Jesus Christ does not have to go to his house. But just speak a word and his servant will be healed. And then he said, after Jesus marveled at his belief, at his faith, he said, I've never seen such faith. And then he said, you know, people from east and from the west who are never children of Abraham, you will see them eating with Abraham as his children when some of you will be cast out. He was trying to say something. 
even from with the Syrophoenician woman who insisted that even breadcrumbs can be picked by dogs and eaten, Jesus Christ was amazed at his faith. He was trying to show that people from outside will come and be a part of it. But these, these Israelites had a feeling of entitlement, so they didn't want to conform to the purpose of God. They were stiff-necked. Okay? So this is what he really means. All right, let's go on. So the, 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 the big part comes. And then um, he tells them in verse 10, and even now the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Wow. He was saying God is going to cut them off. They're not careful. Therefore, every tree which does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Okay, here we go. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. So the baptism of John was a baptism unto repentance. Because he was preparing them for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember the prophecy was he is preparing the way of the Lord. So he was preparing for the, for the coming of Jesus Christ. He was not that light, remember John chapter number 1, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That is to mean that John was preparing for the coming of Jesus Christ. Jesus needed someone to prepare a way for him because he was coming to a hard, stiff-necked people. So God had to grow a man who was also stiff and strong, but also very prophetic and a very holy man that they feared. That's why when they asked Jesus, of what author on what authority do you do those things he said to them also tell me on what authority john used to do his baptism so they said if we say that john if we say anything about john the people will stone us because people believed that john was whatever john was doing was of god so jesus was also riding on the authority of john and the testimony that john left leave a testimony so strong that when people say i am from muzano's place they'll say ah oh, please enter not that, ah, labishi. You know, people should, people should, when people hear that you are from this person and that person, they, they, they should fear that. The Pharisees were afraid when they heard that Jesus Christ mentioned John because they knew that John had a hold on the crowd. That was the plan of God. Hallelujah. All right. So I just want you to know the significance of John the Baptist. He was a very significant uh, he played a very significant role. All right. So he said, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, unto repentance, so that they could be ready. That baptism was not going to give them eternal life. That baptism was not even going to save them from their sins necessarily. That baptism was to prepare their hearts so that when the message of salvation comes through the man Jesus Christ, their hearts would already have been made ready. It wouldn't be new to them. It would just be a transition, a promotion. You're listening to me. Yes. Yeah, so this is the role that John was playing. And then he goes on to say, um, I indeed baptize you. I indeed baptize you with water and repentance, but he was coming, he's mightier than I. He says, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. Now imagine if John, as much as I feared him, would say that I'm not even worthy to take off his sandals. Wow. He says, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor and gather the wheat to the barn, that he may burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. And John tried to prevent him or to stop him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and you are coming to me? Meaning, no, Jesus, you are the one we fear. <laughs> I can't baptize you. John, John had such a revelation of Jesus Christ, and he preached him. He preached him. He knew this is the one who is greater than I. Because John is the one who wrote, in the beginning was the word. 
and the word was with God, and the word was God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. That revelation came from John the Baptist. So without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Then he says, there was a man who was sent from God, whose name was John. Then he defines it. He says, he, this man was sent to bear witness of that light, which is a true light which comes to light every man that is coming into the world. He says, John was not that light. He was only sent to bear witness of that light. Then he begins to describe Jesus. He says, he came to his own, but his own did not receive him. He came to the world he created, but the world he created could not recognize him. Then he says in verse 12, but as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. Verse 13, he says, these were not born of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, but of the will of God. Verse 14, and the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, as of the only begotten of the Father at the time. Because he was the, he was the glory that was on the only begotten of the Father at the time. Okay? He says, full of grace and truth. And of his fullness we have received grace after grace. He says, this one was preferred before me, for he comes after me. So John is trying to explain the fact that uh, Jesus Christ was greater than him. Hallelujah. It's important. And he had to state that because people were going to idolize him. So he had to show that he was, Jesus was greater than him. But Jesus answered and said to him, Permit it to be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he allowed him. When he had baptized Jesus, when he had, when he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately out of the water. Behold, the heavens were open. Now the word open there is a Greek word which means rent. That's the more accurate translation. It means the heavens were torn apart. So it was dramatic. It was not like open the curtain slowly, like there's a show at Lusaka Playhouse and Cinderella is about to come out. No, 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 no. It was a, a tearing of the heaven. That's the word. The, the heavens were torn. Okay? Yeah. And behold, the heavens were opened and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove. So he, he didn't come, he, the Spirit of God didn't come in the bodily form of a dove. The Spirit of God came in bodily form like a dove and it was alighting and settling on him the way a dove settled. There's a way a dove settles. Very gently. You would think it would come with so much speed that it will fall. But it will, no matter how much speed it comes. So the Holy Spirit is not a dove. But he came <laughs> as a dove. Are you listening to me? So some people say, oh, oh the Spirit of God when a dove flies. <laughs> Okay, so just bring it out there that the Spirit of God descended like the way the dove would. It's important, all right? Okay, alighting upon him and suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. In other words, a voice came out of heaven. Now, you don't expect when... The heavens are rained and torn apart for a voice to say, um, announcement. So that's my beloved son. <coughs> announcement from Jehovah. <laughs> that's my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Thank you. <laughs> Then he forgets he switched on the mic. Much am I catching figure for Munoka? No, 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 no. <laughs> Not like that. It was more like the heavens were arranged and God was like, ah! 
that. I like this guy. He, he feel, he's humble. He fulfills righteousness. He's doing exactly what God expected him to do, not what Adam did. So it's like God is expecting for him to be humble. And Jesus does exactly the same thing and God just cannot it. He tears the heaven and he says, I like, that's my boy. So you have to understand that that's really the picture that was happening. God has got a tendency to do such things. When God is excited about you, he begins boasting about you. Trust me, my, all fathers are like that. I have a father. When you are walking with your father, he can tell you, Oh, so this is my son Daniel, eh? <laughs> so like, like when you meet people sometimes, you just want to go a little, Oh, daddy, let me just answer the phone. Because he will boast about you. And sometimes if he knows he wants to run away, No, sit here. Hey, this is my son. And because he's proud of you. Remember what happened with Job? Huh? God was so proud with Job that when Satan came, instead of God just sitting and handling other issues, he said, Hey, you've seen my boy Job, eh? I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure Michael was like, Lord. <laughs> no. He's one of the best people I have on earth. He loves the Lord and he has chosen evil. So, God is so excited when you obey and you are obedient that he just boasts about you. And what you are doing today is part of obedience. So, imagine how God is excited about what you are about to do. So, the reason why you have to be baptized is because you are fulfilling righteousness. It's because you want to make God happy. That you are a child of God who follows his word. Because he commanded baptism. Hallelujah. So, the other reason, let me, now, now let me tell you also this. This is very important. Now, let me just give you a little bit of uh, uh, theological background. When the, when, the, when the Roman Empire took over uh, the... Is, there, is everything okay? Okay. So when the, when the Roman Empire took over the Jewish nation, they wanted to be controlling it. So what they did is they would appoint their own high priests. So the, the priesthood was actually corrupted because it was politically appointed. So when the Caiaphas were politically appointed, not necessarily that they came out of the line the way it was supposed to be. And so there's a very good argument that as at the time, John the, because John the Baptist, remember, he was born from the tribe of the Levites. That means he could have been the rightful high priest. But because of politics, he couldn't be. So he was just a prophet in the desert. But in the eyes of God, he knew that the high priest, who should be the high priest at the time without politics, is John the Baptist. Now, what used to happen is, when the high priest is about to leave office and another high priest is about to be inaugurated into office, the outgoing high priest would take the incoming high priest and baptize him to transfer the priesthood. So the other necessity for the priesthood is so that the priesthood would move from John the Baptist to Jesus so that Jesus would legally be installed as the high priest. So that him being a king and a priest would now dwell in one body, the Lord Jesus. So spiritually at that point, when John the Baptist laid hands on him, the office of the high priest was transferred from him to the Lord Jesus. Now remember, Jesus was already born a king, not because he was a king, but he was born from the tribe of Judah, and kings from the, came from the tribe of Judah. So already, when Jesus Christ was born, he should have been the rightful king. Spiritually, he was. So at that point, both the offices of the king and the priest rested in Jesus. Hey! Isn't that powerful? 
So that was also the other importance of baptism. Now, the other importance of baptism is this, that Jesus Christ identified, so it wasn't just a baptism unto repentance, he identified with his life and with the lives of those who would believe in him. Now, this, this, is, this is one of the most important parts you need to hear. Well, everything else is important. But this is like the most important part you need to hear. That baptism, when we read the Bible, was important because it signified his death and his resurrection. And his identification that we would also die with him and resurrect with him. So when a person is immersed in water, it's symbolic of the death. And when they are brought out of the water, it's symbolic of their resurrection through Jesus Christ. So, like I told you, in the Bible, there are things that mean things. And because you take that thing and it carries a certain meaning, it also attracts a consequence. When, when you read, for example, this is powerful. When you read, for example, the story of Abraham and Isaac, remember that Isaac was the only child that Abraham had. I was the only child that Abraham had. And uh, he was a child of promise. But then God asked for him. Okay? He says, take your child and kill him on the altar and give him to me as a sacrifice. So he went and it was a very troubling moment. But the Bible tells us that Abraham believed God. Let me also tell you something important. Abraham had to pass the test of fatherhood. When God called Abraham father of many nations, it was a promise. Now, every promise has to be brought into fruition through an act of faith. Whatever God promised you, you have to meet it and bring it into the realm of the material by your faith. Because faith is that bridge which pulls the promises of God into reality. This is why you need faith. So for Abraham, Abraham was promised to be the father of many nations. But for it to be that he had to be a father of many, many nations, he had to pass a test. And the test was the, his obedience. Let me explain to you. The Bible says Abraham believed God and it was counted to him for righteousness. How did he believe God? Many accounts. This is one of the most important parts. But God told him to kill his son. When you read the book of Hebrews chapter number 11, the Bible says Abraham, reasoning by faith, believed that since God had already told me that this guy, Isaac, is going to be the, the seed through whom the seed that will make me the father of many nations will come. And God has asked me to kill him. That means God will bring him back from the dead so that his word can be fulfilled. Can you, can you imagine that kind of thinking? The Bible says reasoning by faith. Because God told him this Isaac will, is through whom you become the father of many nations. Because God has asked for me to kill him. After I will kill him, God will raise him up so that he can still be the father of many nations. You can imagine that kind of thinking. So you know you are going to take a sword or a dagger and cut someone and bend them. Then you are thinking afterwards God will raise them up so that his word may live. You, you realize how crazy that is. It takes a lot of thinking by faith. The Bible says reasoning by faith. How many are ready to reason by faith now? You, you begin to reason by faith. 
it's a different realm of reason. You don't reason like a normal. You think that's normal for someone to think after I kill this guy and I I pandula him, I even put aromas and spices and I burn him completely. God will pitch him up and raise him up. So God was watching all that. And Abraham took his son and he tied him and he put firewood around and he had paraffin and matches. And he knew Abraham had made up his mind. And when he raised his dagger to cut him, an angel said, Yahweh, 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 hold up, don't, don't do it. Then God said, now I know. You, you know what? God was moved at that point. God was moved. Because Abraham was willing to give his only son, yet God had no son to give. God was moved. God was moved. He said, no, 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 stop it. Hallelujah. Yeah. God said, stop it. He says, now I know that you obey me. At that point, all the promises that God had promised to Abraham came true at that point. Before that, there were only promises. But that act of faith, that thought of faith, that action of faith made God now know that Abraham truly in act obeys God. What are you doing to show that you obey God? I love God. Don't look at me like this. <laughs> How? You are doing it. You are not trying to look at God like this. You can't say one thing and do exactly the opposite. Love is a doing word. That's why he said love is kind. Love is patient. All those are doing word. Love is long-suffering. Love believes the best of everyone. It's in what you say. It's in what you do for others. Love is a doing word. Not that, no, I love you. You prove it. No. <laughs> love is a doing word. Hallelujah. But here's the biggest thing about that part. God, instead of Isaac dying, God brought a ram. Caught. Okay, not a lamb. A ram, so I've not missed it, just in case there's some sense there. Caught in between a tree to be given in place of Isaac. That was symbolic of the son of God who was going to die where Isaac would have died. Are you seeing that? So God replaced, that, that was a place, that was the place where Abraham called God Jehovah Jireh. Because God had provided. So when we think of Jehovah Jireh, it's not just in Jeff Tumbo and Jikutele Sachi that provides MPI transport in Jehovah Jireh. No, 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 no. It's, it's, that's good, but it's deeper than that. It means in the place where Isaac was supposed to die, God brought an animal, another person, to die in his place. So that killing of the ram in the place of Isaac was very important because it symbolized the death or what we in, 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 in theology call the substitutionary death of Jesus Christ. Where we were supposed to die, Jesus said, no. Let the life, God said, let the life of my son Jesus Christ be treated like the life of an animal so that the man can live. You have to understand that the death of Jesus meant he was treating his life as if it was the life of an animal so that you can be treated quite even. That's exactly what the death... Because that death, when the Bible says he died the death on the cross, why the cross has to be emphasized? Because the cross was the most wicked way of dying and it was for the worst of criminals. Even stoning to death was better. But when someone is crucified, it means they are the worst. That's why the Bible... Well, that's why Isaiah said he was crucified with the rich. The rich were considered to be thieves. 
Those days, if you are rich, <laughs> then you are a thief. Because many people who are rich were thieves. Yeah. How can you be rich in the time of Kaunda? <laughs> you can't be rich. Explain. My grandmother told me stories of how my, 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 my grandfather was, was, uh, was a poacher, but he was also like a very strange businessman. He actually owned shops and trucks. He was just, my grandfather was just a very successful businessman. He was a, was a business person. So people, people from the Kaunda days never understood that. So they came to search his house. Ubika Kwisempia. But my grandmother, apparently there was a lot of sand where they used to live, and my grandmother would get all the coins and bury them in the sand. So after they finished searching, then they would find, <laughs> my grandmother, you see that? Anyways, it's someone coming to die in your place. That's a substitutionary death, so that your life may be like his. Hey, he died together with thieves and the rich because they were considered they had stolen. So that was the worst death someone would die. That means that's the death you deserved, the death of the rich and the thieves. That's why they spat on him. Hallelujah. And so that baptism is a, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a metaphor of him dying. The death he was going to die. And then, he was definitely going to come out. Hallelujah. He was going to come out. He was sending a message. He was sending a message. Let's read some of the last scriptures. Let's go to the book of... Are you learning something today? Um, I'm going to show you some scriptures. Ah, you see, when we do things, we do them with revelation, with understanding. Why am I getting baptized? What does baptism really mean? By the way, the word baptism comes from the Greek word. I'm sure you did your RE, baptizo, which means to immerse. FYI, it doesn't mean to sprinkle. Just in case. Just in case. The word baptism actually means to immerse, to sink. Sorry, Mungabane Mr. Spring, Oktua Sangati, Nabakusha Pamutima. Iyo wali batishi wawe, ni pamutwefe nabatishi iwe. Umutima, tawali baptize. You find, <laughs> yeah. If you are sprinkled, who knows? They didn't sprinkle your heart. They only sprinkle your, 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 your head. Even your head, some pots, spots were not sprinkled. So that's why sometimes, we're like, gomaika. This is amazing. This is amazing. Uh, 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 when you read Romans 6, uh, Hebrews 6, it talks about the, bapti uh, the doctrine of baptisms. Baptism is so important, but it's baptisms. Because there are different forms of baptism. Okay? There's baptism of the Spirit. Remember? There's a baptism of fire. Remember? There are different other forms of baptism. Baptism into suffering, but we are not going to look at that. So there are different forms of baptism. And then there's water baptism, the baptism up to, um, to repentance. There's baptism into Christ. I'll tell you about it. I'll tell you about it. 
Romans chapter number 6. I'm going to read verse 1, NKJV. What shall we say then? Shall we continue to sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. So it's coming from somewhere. How shall we who die to sin live longer in it? Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus? Are you seeing that? There's been baptized into Christ Jesus. Now, this baptism into Christ Jesus is not baptism into water. Your, your baptism into water is symbolic of your baptism into Christ. Your baptism into Christ is spiritual. When you are born again, the Spirit of God baptizes you into Christ. I'll get to that. Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death. That just as Jesus Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in the newness of life. Hallelujah. Yeah. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him. That the body of sin might be, must be destroyed. See, Jesus Christ died for you so that your sin may be destroyed. The Bible says here comes the Lamb of God who does what? Who reduces the sin of the world. So stop all that nonsense. For It's not impossible to stay without sin. It, that's contradictory to the scriptures. That's the flesh speaking. Because the flesh is weak. People know they can't stay without. Ah, you mean you, can't, you can stay without lying? <laughs> People just believe they can't just sit. So even if they've not done anything, that the Lord, even the sins I did without knowing. You, you didn't sin. I know, but people just love to be sinners. They love it. They feel like they, feel like they have to be sinners to be humble. No, you will go to hell. You go to hell. Straight. No, you, righteousness is a gift you've been given. Hey, 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 here's the good news. Righteousness is a gift. You didn't, you didn't work for it. So it's not like, oh, I have to. No, you were given. So what you do? You receive it. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> I'm righteous. That's a story for another day. Okay, so let's go on. He goes on to say, For he who has died has... Free... This is powerful. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Shout, I'm free from sin. I'm free from sin. Yeah. Okay, so that's important for us to note. So he's saying we were baptized into Christ we were baptized into Christ so the fact that we gave our lives to Christ and we were saved already means we were baptized into Christ so that's a baptism which already happens it's spiritual the Spirit of God baptizes us into Christ now there's a reason why it says into Christ and not into Jesus it's not just an interplay of words it's a message being communicated okay let me show you something Galatians chapter number 3. Mm, 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 mm. Blessed be God. Galatians chapter number 3. The Bible reads, I'm going to read from verse 26. For you are all sons of God through faith in Jesus Christ. That's how you become a son of God. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ. Are you, have you seen that he repeats the same language? For There's a revelation that Paul had. Have you ever wondered how did Paul know these things? Where did this information come from? The Spirit of God, he said, I received by revelation. The Spirit of God was teaching him these things. These things are inspired by the Spirit of God for our learning, for our understanding. So he says, 
for you you are for you all are sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus for as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ hallelujah yeah he says this is powerful it says there is neither Jew nor Greek there is neither slave nor free there is neither male nor female for you are all one in Christ Jesus uh, let me explain this When you study the feasts, there were different kinds of feasts. So they used to have a feast, which they used to call the Feast of the Passover. Okay? So the Feast of, uh, of the Passover was commemorating how they moved from Egypt to the Promised Land. They were supposed to eat in haste. They were not supposed to have bread with what? They were supposed to kill a lamb. They were supposed to put, you know, that was the feast. Now, 50 days later, they would have the Feast of Pentecost, okay? 50 days later, they would have the Feast of Pentecost. Um, they would have the Feast of Pentecost. And during the Feast of Pentecost, there would also be a, a slight Feast of the First Fruit. So what they would do is, they would get two breads. Now, these, these two breads would have yeast in them, okay? And, and they would... Wave, there's what they, there's, there's what they, they call a wave offering, an offering wave before God. The Jews are for things, they were given things. So they would get these two breads, and both of them would have handles, and they would lift them before God. Now, they didn't understand the revelation of that, but the revelation was there's a Jew and a Gentile, and they would be made one before God. That's what they, were, they, they, they meant. There would be one body because there would be bread made of the same wheat, of the same barley. They would be made of, of the same yeast. And they would be brought as one before God. The priest would do that. So it would be symbolic of what would happen because the Jew and the Gentile would be made one, made of the same body, made of the same blood, and would be brought into the presence of God as one. That, and there would be a form of first fruits. I'll talk to you about that later. There would be a form of first fruit brought before God. And so this is what he means when he says there's no Jew, there's no Gentile. We've been made of the same substance. This is why we need the Jews saved because they are part of the body. We make the body of Christ. It's not the body of Jesus. It's the body of Christ. It's the, it's the gathering. We, we, we form one body. Even they, the way we need each other, we need them because they are part of the body of Christ presented to the presence of God through the redemptive work of the Lord Jesus Christ. Is that a little too much for you? Okay, hallelujah. Don't worry, I'll be concluding. I've got so many things to tell you. I feel like talking like Jesus, but you're not ready to bear them. But the spirit of truth when he comes. <laughs> okay. All right. So this is what he means. He says, you all are sons of God through Christ Jesus. For as many of you... And isn't it interesting that 50 days after the Passover was celebrated... Do you know that Jesus Christ was killed on the Passover? Remember, he couldn't be, they couldn't anoint him because it was a high Sabbath. That was the Sabbath of the Passover. So they had to wait. So uh, the Bible shows us... Uh, um, isn't, isn't, this is very interesting. So it, has to be, it had to be 40 days... Uh, it had to be 40 days to, it had to be 50 days between the Passover to the day that 
to the day that they would do the Pentecost, right? Now, you count. Three days Jesus Christ was resurrected. After 40 days, uh, the Bible shows that the Bible shows that um, Jesus Christ was uh, showing himself to different people for 40 days. Then, after 10 days, it was the Feast of Pentecost. That was also when Jesus, uh, uh, the Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost. Um, are you following? Okay. So, Jesus Christ, after Passover, remember there has to be 50 days. There has to be 50 days to Pentecost, right? So, Jesus Christ resurrects after Passover. And 40 days, the Bible shows he was showing himself to the people for 40 days. And then, they waited. Remember, they tarried for 10 days. He told them, tarry until... Until, and, until I send you the, the promise of the Father. So exactly 10 days later, it was the Feast of Pentecost. And at the Feast of Pentecost, it's the Holy Spirit who brings the Jew and the Gentile as one in the presence of the Father. That tells you that everything that was happening in the Old Testament was a type and a shadow of what was going to happen. And, Jesus, and God made sure it happened to the detail. Okay, you will get it when you listen to the podcast. All right, here's the, the other final scripture I'm going to show you. First Corinthians chapter number 12. Hmm. You guys realize I've only been teaching you for 45 minutes, right? Yeah, I'm keeping time. So this, you're looking tired. I haven't even started. Because I'm just doing like a warm-up. All right, don't worry. Don't worry, don't be discouraged. I'm done. Maybe. For as the body is one and has many members. First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12. For as the body is one and has many parts, but all the members of that one body, being many, are one body. So also is Christ. Are you seeing? That's why you are baptized into a Christ. You, into Christ, you are baptized into a body. Jesus is a person and he has his own body. But Christ is many bodies forming one body called the body of Christ with Jesus as the head of that body. Hey, so you individually, you are a member of Christ. Like the arm is part of the body. Oh, you got it. Praise God. Yeah. And then he says, for by one spirit, hey, where you all baptized into one body. Are you seeing that baptism? It's a baptism into Christ. By one spirit, when he came on the day of Pentecost, you were all baptized into one body so that Jew and Gentile will be presented as one. So we were all, by one spirit, baptized. So that's another baptism. Bapt that happens when you get saved. That baptism into Christ. The spirit does it. You don't have to speak in tongues for that one. It's a different one. Hallelujah. Yeah. The, listen to this. This is amazing. The same thing I was telling you about, for by one spirit... We were baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. Hallelujah. Yeah, that's baptism into Christ. We are all one because we belong to one body. So don't, when, when you rise against your brother or your sister, it's like rising against your arm. No, you are hurting yourself. Always know and walk with the revelation that I'm one with these people. And what affects them? It's just a matter of time before it begins to affect me. Are you listening to this? 
That's very important. Why are you tempting me? Thank you. Now, now, when you get baptized, as you are going to get baptized in the next few minutes, you are basically saying, I acknowledge that I have been crucified with Christ. Because when Jesus Christ was crucified, remember Paul says, we were crucified with him, we died with him, and we resurrected with him. I'm saying I was crucified with him, I died with him, and I was resurrected with him. Oh, I am resurrected with him. It's a sacrament. What is a sacrament? A sacrament is an external show of an inward change. It means something. Are you seeing that? Yeah. So it must mean something. It must mean everything I've taught you. It must remind you of your baptism into Christ. It must remind you of your baptism against sin so that you come out without sin. It must remind you of baptism to die to the world, to die to sin, and to die to self. All those things during that baptism should be happening in your mind. And without this understanding, we can sprinkle you all you like. We can even use spirit to sprinkle you. <laughs> but without that revelation, you, your heart will not be impacted by the act. Also, you, a sacrament may not necessarily reflect what's happening on the inside. That's to mean you can be baptized and still go to hell. Oh, yes. You can even be baptized all you like by the Baptists and by the Pentecostal people. <laughs> then you are sprinkled by the Catholics and still go to hell. It's not baptism which saves an individual. A man named Kenneth Hagin, when he was 16 years old, he was about to die. And when he was, he was Baptist, that probably means he was baptized. So he, was, he says he started going down and, and he knew he was going into hell. He said he came out of his body the way that you take off your boot. And then he said he, would, he was going out, down and down, and he started shouting. When he hit the floor of hell, something pulled him up. But then again, he just knew he was going to die. You know when people are dying, they know. That's why you hear people say, take me outside, I see the sun colors. <laughs> just say, ah, no, you let's pray for you. <laughs> okay. So he went down and down and down. Then he knew he was going to die. And he knew he was going to hell. He knew, because you know when you're going to hell, at, ah, but I head up. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you have into So you know, you're going down. The third time he was going down, he said, he began to shout, but I was baptized in the way. No salvation. Zilo, zilo. Nikki said, I was baptized. Because he remembered, no, I was baptized. So you can be baptized all you like and still go to it. That, that, that person who was, who was on the what? Jesus Christ said, Very, very, I say unto you today, you'll be with me in paradise. He died. He was not baptized, but he went to heaven. So, baptism has an importance. But remember that there are deeper things concerning baptism that the Spirit of God has done for you. And that act must mean something in your heart before it affects you. That's very important. That's very important. The same thing as, 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 as Eucharist. I remember when I was at, at, at the Catholic school, I had friends who, when they take Eucharist, I remember there was a friend of mine, Savke. Savke, I was sent to Eucharist. You know, this is like a humble walk. And you get on his knees. 
very humble. Pray, 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 pray. I'm even saying, you are just coming out of the chapel. Fresh insults. Those ones you've never heard before. The ones for inventing. So you, 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 can, you can do the washing of feet. That's a sacrament. It means something. You can wash your feet all you like, but in your heart you are just saying, I don't know somebody. But it means nothing to you. It means really nothing to you. Immediately you go walk in the dirt of life. After being washed your feet. And they are they are priests, they can leave and wash your feet. But in heart in their heart they are just saying. <laughs> Some of you guys, you come, you are removing your shoe. <laughs> sure. When you are removing your shoe so that the priest may wash. <laughs> you sin against your friend's nostril. <laughs> so the priest is just doing it by grace. In his heart, he's just like, you. So, sacraments may not mean much. They don't mean much in your heart. Hallelujah. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Okay, I'm done. So this is why you need to be baptized. You need to be baptized also because Jesus Christ commanded it in the book of Matthew 28. He said, Go ye into the world and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Father, and the Holy Spirit. Then he says, He who believes. Now, basically, he who believes. For me, he who believes. That's one of the most important parts. Because when the moment you, are, you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, it means you are saved. Baptism Baptism already means that you believe. So he says, he who believed and is baptized shall be saved. But he says, he who does not believe shall be damned. Do you believe? Yes. You are ready for baptism? Yes. You understand what it means? Yes. Good. Good. 